You're listening to Friendlier, the podcast for friends who love to talk, read, and eat. I'm Abby. And I'm Sarah. Today we're going to talk about how we use technology in our lives. But first, let's catch up on life lately. What's new with you, Abby? I want to share that Duncan, who friends of the podcast will know because in the past he has meowed through many an episode. Frequent guest contributor. <laughs> yes, our only guest, basically. Um, has passed on. Hmm. He had GI lymphoma and we did chemo with him for eight months and that really seemed to extend his quality of life. And then like many older kitties do, he stopped seeming to have that quality. And so we made the choice to let him go. And it was very sad. Mm -hmm. And even now, almost a month out, it still feels really hard. But my five other kitties are consoling me. (laughs) And pets are really special. So if you have fur babies, give them a hug for me. I'm so glad he was part of your family. And I'm so sorry for your loss. Thank you, friend. Tell me what is happening in your life lately. A few days ago, I got back from a 10-day trip to Germany with my brother. I love this. This is something that came about unexpectedly. When I saw him over Thanksgiving, he mentioned that he was going to Berlin in February and asked if I would like to come. And at first, I wasn't sure how serious he was, but then he followed up with me a few times. And so I decided to go for it. I hadn't been back in Europe for more than a decade, and it was lovely to be there, lovely to ride the public transit and the trains and see all of the bikes everywhere and just so easily get around without a car. We ate amazing food and just really fun to spend time with my brother, who I don't get to see that often. And since we've had kids, we really don't see each other at all without our whole families. So felt great to connect with him. I love that you got to do this. And I love that it coincided with your birthday because it feels like Mm -hmm. the perfect way to celebrate you. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. I flew home on my birthday, actually. So I got to have the longest birthday ever (laughs) since it was a 30-hour day instead of a 24-hour day. All the more time to celebrate. (laughs) Indeed. I spent a lot of time watching movies and eating chocolate on the airplane instead of doing schoolwork. It was great. (laughs) So good. Now let's talk about what we've been reading. Abby, what is your latest book? I just finished listening to Black Cake by Charmaine Wilkerson. This is a family epic that alternates between three adult siblings in present day in California and Italy and their parents and grandparents in the past in the Caribbean and England. Mm -hmm. And it had this epic feel of Homegoing by Ya Jesse. And there is a lot of discussion of being an immigrant and coming out of the African diaspora as an enslaved person and then being in the Caribbean. And what does that mean? And it had this added piece of people who have been brought from China as indentured servants to the Caribbean, which I didn't even know that this Mm. population of folks Mm -hmm. existed. So that was really interesting to me and the sort of dynamics between groups there and as 
great books do, it opened my eyes to experiences that I haven't had. Mm -hmm. And I just really loved it. The other thing was that plenty of hard things are happening to these characters, but there's this undercurrent in this book of hopefulness about their lives Mm -hmm. and family Mm -hmm. love being so strong that was really beautiful to me. Also, the audio was incredible. Just the accents, you know, they're in lots Mm -hmm. of different places. Yes. And it's one reader and she's doing all these incredible accents. So this is one of the best books I've read this year and I feel like it will make my top books of the year, even though it is Mm -hmm. early in the year yet. So I would 100% recommend it. All right. I'm putting it on my list. Please do. What have you been reading, Sarah? I read Carrie Soto is Back by Taylor Jenkins Reid. This is a novel about Carrie Soto, who is a retired Latina tennis player. At the start of the novel, another player is on the verge of surpassing her record of the most Grand Slams by any player, and she decides to make a comeback to prove that she is still the greatest player of all time. I love a good sports story, and for me, the sports story part of this book was five stars, chef's kiss, loved it. I could read stories like that all day. What I didn't like is I knew going into the book there was some criticism about a white author writing about a Latina main character, Mm. while Latinx authors do not get the same kind of support from the publishing industry to tell their stories. Mm -hmm. And that criticism is fair and justified. There was no reason for the storyline for Carrie to be Latina. And it felt awkward because there was no discussion or exploration of the difficulties of being a player of color in a very white sport in the 1980s and 90s. Mm. And so the only way that you knew that she was Latina was because she and her dad spoke Spanish to each other. And it felt like a real blind spot in the book and is a natural outcome of someone without lived experience writing the story. Mm -hmm. So it made me wonder why she chose to do that. And I think it was because she brought this character in from her previous book, Malibu Rising. Mm. So the character went from being a minor character in a previous book to Mm -hmm. being the main character. And I just think she didn't think through some aspects of how that would translate. Yeah. And that really falls on publishing and her editors, too, Mm -hmm. to not have the representation that they need to realize that, hey, this may not work as Mm -hmm. well as you might hope. Yes. Well, that's an important thing to know. And she did such a great job exploring what it meant to be a female in sports and the way that people talk about women in sports and the way that they're treated differently and their reactions are treated differently. And I thought that was excellent. And so the comparison to that and then what it is like to be a person of color in the sport, you could just really tell that the experience wasn't there to tell that story. Mm -hmm. And she didn't. Yeah. Even with all of that, I would recommend it for lovers of sports stories, as I think this is the best sports storyline that I've read in a really long time. Let's move into our topic for today, which is technology. Let's start by sharing our favorite pieces of technology that we use on a daily basis. Kindle is the first one. Mm -hmm. Kindle has been life-changing for me in terms of access to books. Mm -hmm. Started when I was postpartum with Pepper that Mm -hmm. I had borrowed a Kindle from a friend and Mm -hmm. then realized 
oh my gosh, this is a game changer to be able to read, all this stuff. So I love it. I now have a Kindle Paperwhite that is a slightly newer edition, but not the newest Mm -hmm. version. And I've had that for a long time. And I 100% would not read so much if I didn't have my Kindle. The best physical accessory for my Kindle is a case that has a stretchy strap on the back so I can slip my hand in and not even really hold it. It just like hangs Mm. out on my hand. Huh. And then I can do it one-handed. So I can have my hand in there and then just split pages with my thumb. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Intriguing. I have not heard of such a device before. We will link the one that I have in our show notes. And I am, as most people, really into my phone. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people talk about phones and being sucked in and stuff. And I'm not going to lie, I spend a good amount of time on my phone, Mm -hmm. but I really feel like I get value out of the connections to other humans Mm -hmm. who are also out there on their phones. Mm -hmm. That includes Facebook. I really love my Facebook groups. Always have. Always will. Can't take that away (laughs) from me, no matter how terrible of a company it is. Love it. Instagram, extension of Facebook. Also love Instagram. TikTok. Really love TikTok. If you get your algorithm right. You can spend hours on there being continuously (laughs) entertained. And then Libby for audiobooks, listening on my phone, and then sending the books to my Kindle from the library. Yes. Love it. Do you ever read books on your phone? I cannot. Okay. The screen is too small and the light is weird. And then I get the eye fatigue from Mm -hmm. the phone screen. Kindle is my much preferred screen for book reading. And then the communication apps that I use are Marco Polo, which is the video Mm -hmm. chat app, Voxer, which I use with you primarily, Mm -hmm. and then messages and FaceTime for keeping in touch with people, and Spotify for music and podcasts. The tech that is most beneficial for our family is that we have a shared Google Calendar that syncs to my iCal that Andrew and I both put stuff on. Mm -hmm. Andrew and I communicate through Google Chat throughout most of the days. That's our main mode of communication when we are away from each other. And then he and I also share a Google Photos account that all the photos that we take on our phones go to the same place. Mm -hmm. We have shared albums. I have a calendaring question. You say that you share a Google Calendar and then it syncs to your iCal. Mm -hmm. So you only look at the iCal, but then if you have to input something, you go to Google Calendar? No, you can add stuff to both. And because they're synced, it goes to everybody. Okay. So you only use one of those apps when you're on your phone. Mm -hmm. That makes more sense. And then finally, apps that I use for work on my phone include Notes. Scanner Pro, which is a scanning app that I just started using ages ago and still like, and Medscape, which is one to look up medications and medical stuff. Tell me about the technology that you use and like, Sarah. Kindle is also one of my top items of technology that I own. I especially love it at night and while I am eating and traveling. I feel really fortunate because I got my Kindle the summer of 2019, Mm. and it was so useful to use it during the pandemic when things were shut down. And so I feel like that was my real gateway into how life-changing a Kindle could be. Absolutely. I have a hand-me-down Garmin running watch, and that has been really fun as I have become more interested in running and Mm -hmm. being able to see my pace and kind of look back at workouts. And I know that I could just 
go run with a stopwatch, which is what Neil does. But I really (laughs) enjoy seeing all of the data that comes from having a more sophisticated piece of watch technology. Mm -hmm. My wireless earbuds, which is a recent acquisition for me. I resisted these for a long time. Partly, I lose things all the time. I was losing (laughs) earbuds. And then it's like, do I want to have this really expensive, tiny object that (laughs) I need to keep track of? But I got them when I upgraded to an iPhone about a year and a half ago, and there was no longer a port for headphones. Mm -hmm. So it was that or not be able to listen to things. And I really loved them. I tried the AirPods and didn't like them. It felt like they fell out of my ears and didn't stay and weren't comfortable. And then now I have the Power Beats Pro, and I really like them for running and wearing around the house. My most used apps on my phone are communication apps, texting, WhatsApp, Gchat with Neil, because he still does not have a smartphone. So he can do that from his computer much more easily than using T9 texting. Mm -hmm. And then Voxer for talking to you and a couple other friends. The other group of apps that I most use are listening apps, either Libby and Hoopla for audiobooks or... Pocket Casts for podcasts, or Spotify for listening to music. I also check on Feedly for the few blogs that I follow Mm. and Reddit for gymnastics content during the NCAA season. And when I feel the need to scroll, I'll often hop into the Bloomington Reddit thread to see what people are saying there. (laughs) They always have a lot to say. Of course they do. (laughs) As we'll talk about in a minute, I haven't found a lot of keeping track of things on my phone apps or resources to be that useful. Mm -hmm. We still do a lot of that analog, but I have loved using Google Keep for a gift list. Mm. So whenever I think of gifts for my kids or for other people in my life, I feel like those ideas come and they just disappear moments later. And then when I'm trying to think back on them. And so that's one where whenever I think of it, I'm like, okay, I know where I can write this down. And I have a running list we can look at as birthdays or Christmas approaches. What kind of technology have you either not adopted or haven't found that useful that other people seem to? So I was much more tied to my computer when I was writing as my job. Mm -hmm. And now I feel like it's a nice to have thing, but it's much less important than when I was writing or even than when I was a full-time student. Mm -hmm. I feel like I could probably get by without it now, without Mm. my computer. Which is fine. And do you all just have one laptop for the family? Do you have a desktop? What's your computer situation? Yes. Andrew and I each have a laptop and that's it. Okay. And he uses his much more. You know, he's using it all the time for work. Mm-hmm. And that was me when I was doing that. But now I have work computers at work and that's what I do my work on there. Great. And now I have a job where I can leave my work at work and I really enjoy that. Love that for you. The other thing is that I have an Apple Watch because people raved about it for nursing, Mm -hmm. and I do find it helpful at work for things like timing when I'm taking vital signs and setting quick alarms for when it's time to go up on a medication or something like that, but I don't love wearing it all the time. Yeah. find it kind of annoying, and I don't love the constant notifications. It's nice to just be able to set my phone down and Mm -hmm. check in on it if I need to. Every, you know, however often, but the constant notifications on the watch, which I suppose I could turn off. I'm just not that Mm -hmm. into it. And I know some people love that, but I'm not that into that. 
Sarah, what is the tech that you don't find that useful? If you couldn't tell from my earlier questions, Google Calendar is one. (laughs) (laughs) We do not have a shared family calendar because Neil doesn't have a smartphone, so it does not work to sync as a family. And so we still use a wall calendar for our dates, and that seems to be working fine with us. I don't use my phone for notes with the exception of the gifts that I mentioned earlier. I don't like having to pull my phone out to type something in. And then I was finding that when I was starting lists, I was forgetting that I had ever put anything in there. And then it was just digital clutter and wasn't any more helpful than me writing it on a scrap of paper that I then lose. Later. <laughs> I don't have a great note capturing system, digital or otherwise. It sounds like maybe you don't need that in your life. Nope. What stays, stays. What leaves, leaves. It's fine. (laughs) We don't have any TV or video game hardware in our house. We don't have a physical TV or any consoles. We do have a desktop computer and a laptop computer. If we want to watch something, we use streaming through that. I also have never found a lot of use for Siri or Alexa. I use Siri sometimes on my phone to set a timer, but that is the extent of how I have utilized that tool. And we've never had a smart speaker that you can interact with in the house. Mm -hmm. What have you found to be the best technology related to your kids? So things that they enjoy using or something that makes parenting easier, etc. My kids love to watch PBS Kids and Netflix on the iPad. Mm -hmm. And iPad time is a really good way to not parent for a while, in my experience. Though it always runs its course, especially for Pepper, Mm -hmm. he'll hand me the iPad and be like, I'm done watching shows. I'm like, well, okay. Whereas Plum can watch for hours (laughs) Mm -hmm. and never gets sick of it. We do have smart speakers that are connected to Alexa Mm -hmm. in the house. And I find it really helpful to tell them if they want to play certain music, especially things that they want to play over and over that I don't want to hear over and over. Mm -hmm. to tell them to go upstairs. And why don't you go upstairs and play that on Alexa? So Mm, we have Alexa mm -hmm. in the hall upstairs between their bedrooms, so they don't have it in their room. But if they're playing, Mm -hmm. they can have the doors open and they can hear whatever Mm -hmm. it is she's playing. That's also been a really good way for me to set an alarm for the kids. So I go to work really early. But the night before, I'll ask Plum and Pepper what song they want to wake up to. And then I'll have Mm -hmm. Alexa set an alarm for them for 645. So that Andrew, Mm -hmm. who is getting everyone up and out the door, doesn't have to worry about the waking them up part. And it's something that it's sort of like, oh, mom said this for us. So I'm like there, even though I'm not there. Yeah. Which is really nice. I love that. Mm -hmm. And that's been good. And that has avoided having devices in their rooms. So when they're doing iPad time, they're watching in our family room and we don't really take the devices Mm -hmm. upstairs at all so that we can monitor what's happening. And... We do have a TV that is connected to Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime. And I love to watch shows that work for the family. Our favorite lately is the Junior Bake Off. Mm -hmm. And that's been really good. And then I also wanted to mention the Windy app, which is W-Y-N-D-Y. And it started in Birmingham, but I think it's now in other cities or they're working on expanding to other cities. It's a babysitting app that background checks all the sitters. And it requires them to have a school email to sign up. So mostly Mm. they're college students. Mm -hmm. And it's a really easy way to hire a sitter for a one-off sitting job. So you post your job 
And then the Wendy's that could do it, apply for it. And then you look through their profiles and you decide which ones you want to offer it to. You rank them. Like, I would prefer this one and then this one and then this one and then this one. And then the app sends it to them like every 20 minutes until someone agrees Mm -hmm. to do it. And then it gives you each other's numbers so you can coordinate. We have found one-off sitters there, but then we've also had sitters we really liked that came to us through the Windy app that then Mm -hmm. we had their numbers and so we could text them outside of the app for sitting later. So check if you need a sitter who's in your area because care.com is great, but the subscriptions are expensive and Windy Mm -hmm. is free for parents to use because they take some portion of the pay and you pay through the app too. Okay. So I would recommend that in particular for helping find one-off sitters. Yeah. What is the tech that has been useful in your family for your kiddos? Two things that they received as Christmas gifts this year. HP got wireless headphones. He started getting into audiobooks when we took the train trip Mm. across the country that we wouldn't let him bring 10 giant novels Mm -hmm. to read on the trip. Because we had limited space, so he read the one that he brought and then doesn't love to read on a screen. He doesn't like reading on the iPad. He'll read on a Kindle if required, Mm -hmm. but not his preference. But on the train, he loved listening because he could look out the train window and see things Mm. while he was reading. So good. So ever since then, he has been very audiobook focused Mm -hmm. and listens all the time. And it was a little challenging when he was connected with a cord mm-hmm. to the iPad yeah. and carrying it around. And it just felt like this is not a great situation. So my parents got him wireless headphones for Christmas, and he is loving them. Recently, he discovered that he could put the iPad towards the edge of the house and then go out and build forts and play oh. in the backyard while he was listening. Awesome. So he spent a lot of time doing that. And it also means that he can get ready in the morning while he's reading by listening Mm -hmm. instead of having to pull away from a book. So that's been really great. Mm -hmm. Highly recommend for kids who like audiobook listening or to get your kids into audiobook listening because it's great. And then another reading-related one, E got a Kindle for Christmas, also from my parents. We'd kind of talked about, you know, should we get one for both? But as I said, HP just doesn't really want to read on a screen. And mm-hmm. so then it felt like, why do we need to have another device yeah. if that is not of interest? Right. But E loves it. She loves looking through Libby with me. We can pick out the books, send them right to her device. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's nice, especially now that I'm not working at the public library. We're going sure. much less often. I used to be bringing home books multiple times a week, was always seeing new stuff. And now that I'm not there, it's been great to be able to do that selection and immediate gratification from home. Mm-hmm. Another app that has been great in my parenting life, Resleep, is the Calm app. Mm. And both kids have gone through phases of listening. Right now, I would say E is more drawn to it than HP because he's basically listening to an audiobook to go to sleep now. Great. <laughs> but E loves the sleep stories and the sounds. And that's been nice if she's having trouble falling asleep, that getting one of those, I think, really does help settle her into sleep Mm -hmm. and think they're really great. I think a few years ago, there was a Black Friday sale and we got a lifetime Mm. subscription to the app and it has been well worth it, both for meditation for me when I'm actively doing that and then just the sleep benefits is worth it for sure. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Another thing my kids love doing with screens is E likes taking photos and then editing them. Mm. This happens mostly on car trips that she'll really enjoy taking photos out the window and then doing lots of different effects to make it look more vibrant and Mm -hmm. different. So that's been a fun use of technology. Do you have any family technology rules? Our main rule is that we don't do screens, like individual screens, like an iPad on school days. Mm -hmm. We will occasionally watch something on the TV if we're all going to watch it, like one of those shows that I mentioned Mm -hmm. earlier. But other than that, that's the main rule. Mm -hmm. And we do moderate access on the weekends. But like I said, it usually runs its course. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it is hard to get them to stop watching and do a different thing. But especially if they've been doing it for a while, they're pretty easy to lure away with the promise of me reading to them or riding Mm -hmm. bikes or let's go see a friend. So I feel like it has actually been okay sort of moderating the tech in our family. Mm -hmm. And do your kids each have their own device or are they sharing one? There are two iPads in the family, but It's not like they belong to them. Mm -hmm. They are family iPads that live in the kitchen all the time. And Mm -hmm. if they are being removed for a purpose, then it is under supervision. So it's not like Pepper and Plum each have an iPad. It's like they're two family iPads. And if we're going to FaceTime someone, we would use one of those. And sometimes Mm -hmm. one is charged and the other isn't. So it's not like they each get the same one even every time. Mm -hmm. It's very much like this is a family resource that we all make use of. There you go. We have a similar setup at our house. We got hand-me-down iPads from my parents right at the start of the pandemic. And one of them is constantly uncharged. So really, we have one (laughs) iPad that is in use in our family. And Neil and I don't have any use for it, so we don't use it. Mm -hmm. And the kids share it. Perfect. Our rule is no technology at the dinner table, so no Kindles, no phones, no wireless headphones. Uh Those are the things that need reminders. Our other rule is no technology and no reading until you are ready for school in the morning. This rule was instituted after lots of trouble with children stopping reading to get -hmm. ready for school in Mm -hmm. the morning. Mm -hmm. HP has found a way around this where he can wear his headphones and listen to his audiobook while he's still getting ready. Yeah. Mostly that's been working out. We don't have any rules about the iPad in terms of time limits or days that it can be used, but both my kids seem to manage that fine. The iPad will go weeks and weeks without being used for anything but HP's audiobooks. If they do use it for something else, it's usually Minecraft. Mm. And that goes in enough waves for us that I don't feel the need to limit it. They'll be really into it for a couple days, and then they'll forget about it for weeks. Mm -hmm. And we talk about that because they know that some of their friends have limits Mm -hmm. in terms of how much they can use in a day. And I just tell them, you seem to be doing fine without a limit. If it becomes a problem, we'll Mm reevaluate. It also helps that our iPad is very old and slow and has trouble charging. It doesn't have any kind of streaming on it. I think it could if we downloaded those apps, but we never have. And if it's slow, they might not work that well. Yes, it struggles. Just even opening <laughs> Libby yeah. is a practice in patience. Great. So <laughs> love those life lessons. <laughs> yeah, it's working out just fine for us, and we have no plans to get a new one. So <laughs> it is what it is. 
Do you have any technology aspirations? Things like how you could be using technology to make your life more organized, streamlined, fun, etc. You kind of touched on this earlier, but I haven't found things like meal planning apps or workout apps or things that other people seem Mm -hmm. to really like have done much good for me. Mm -hmm. Like my sister-in-law sent me a gift membership to a meal planning thing that gave you the recipes and then made the Mm -hmm. list for you that she had Mm -hmm. really been liking. And I tried it and just couldn't get into it. Same with I had a rowing app that gave you workouts and like paced your workouts. And I liked it fine, but not enough to pay for it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's not an aspiration so much as an aspiration to accept that these things that other people rave about and love just Mm -hmm. maybe aren't my bag with technology. (laughs) Yeah. Lean into what works. Absolutely. And then I think in terms of usage, Andrew and I could both do better moderating our use of tech around the kids. Mm-hmm. And that has gotten easier as the weather has gotten nicer, for sure. Mm-hmm. It's hard to be in the house when it's really cold outside or gross outside mm-hmm. and not just want to dive into your phone and them not just want to like jump on an iPad and watch something mm-hmm. for hours. But now that there's nicer weather and awesome things to do outside, that feels much easier. Mm-hmm. So I'm hopeful that this aspiration will be realized with the warmer weather coming. Absolutely. I think it's really helpful to just see those ebbs and flows because I remember feeling that last winter. It was like, oh, they're so much more interested in Minecraft mm-hmm. right now than mm-hmm. they were before. Is this becoming an issue? Is this a thing we need to put limits right. on? And it was like, oh, no, it's just winter. Yeah, it's just a <laughs> season of technology use. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What are your tech aspirations, Sarah? I would love to optimize my photo deletion process. Mm. I think it would be great if I could do this on a weekly basis so I could easily see the good ones and get rid of the junk like multiples and screenshots and things that I don't want to have to scroll through when I want to find pictures of my family. Mm -hmm. I wonder if I could pair this with writing in my five-year journal, Mm. which I also often put off for too long and then can't remember what happened (laughs) since I last wrote in it. Yeah. So I think if I could do this on a weekly basis, like make it a Saturday morning, I wake up, I have my coffee, I sit down and kind of go through those things. Seems like it might be a nice way to reflect on the past week and not let those tasks get too overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So we'll see if I can manage that. (laughs) I'd also like to figure out a better way to play music for the family. Right now, I just play it on my phone on the counter. We used to have a Bluetooth speaker, but I'm not sure if it's current status. It's Mm. very dusty on a shelf. So Mm. I might need to plug that in and see if I can get that connected. One of my goals this year was to listen to more music. And so I'd like to start doing that when I'm cooking and cleaning and getting ready for the day and the kids are around instead of listening to podcasts Mm. or an audiobook where I don't like getting interrupted. And Mm -hmm. I think it makes me feel grouchy. And then it's just not a great way to be interacting with my family when they're around. Sure. And then, yeah, like you said, just accepting what doesn't work for me, Mm -hmm. that we're going to stay analog with calendaring. Doing digital calendaring doesn't work for our family. And the same with things like shared grocery lists or to-do lists. But with Neil not having a smartphone, we can't sync those things. So if I move that all digital, it feels like an extra layer of work and makes me the default on all of that. 
where when we stay analog, it's something that Neil and I can share in mm-hmm. the responsibility. Yeah. So maybe some of those digital solutions would be more efficient, but they're not going to work for us. And so just kind of letting that go. I've also found that I don't like pulling my phone out to input things that I could just write down somewhere mm. because then I get pulled into my phone and other apps that I wasn't planning on opening. And so it feels nice to me to not have to turn to that for these everyday things. That makes sense. When you look ahead to the future, is there any technology you see yourself acquiring, either things that are going to need to be replaced or new things you're hoping to add? The first thing is not for me, but for Andrew. He has a very old phone with a very cracked screen and he is due Mm. for a new phone. So I think a new Mm -hmm. phone is coming for him. Maybe soon Mm -hmm. for his birthday at the end of the month. But as I said, I'm pretty happy with my current use of technology. I don't feel like I really need much else. I do like the idea of some wireless earphones that I could use while exercising. I have some Mm -hmm. sort of cheap ones that I use for around the house that are actually fine. Mm -hmm. Though at one point I was painting the chicken coop. And one of them fell in a bucket of primer. <laughs> so only one of them works. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it works fine. It works fine to just have one earbud in if I'm doing stuff Sometimes around the house. that's really nice. Yeah, no, yeah. It's, it's fine. And I only want one in when I'm walking so I can pay attention to what's around mm-hmm. me. But, mm-hmm. you know, they do fall out. So it doesn't really work for things like rowing. <laughs> right. Or more vigorous exercise when I really do want to be listening to something. <laughs> mm-hmm. So... Andrew has the kind that are the bone conduction earphones mm-hmm. that sit on the bones by your ears and then go up and around and have a connecting band. And so mm-hmm. they don't fall off in the same way as things fall out of my ears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so maybe those are coming my way in the future. But in terms of apps and stuff, I'm happy. I am well pleased with the options that I have available and don't feel like I need to add anything. That's a great way to feel. Yep. What about you, Sarah? Same as you. We don't have any big technology items on our wish list. I feel fine about what we have. Looking ahead, I think the next purchase will be something for the kids. HP is about to turn 11 this summer and is a year away from middle school. And it seems that many kids are starting to get phones or some kind of communication device. So while he hasn't shown any interest, it's something on my mind. And realistically, that probably will be our next technology purchase, Mm -hmm. but it's still a couple years away and we need to figure out how we want to handle that. Fair enough. That wraps up our thoughts on technology. Listeners, we'd love to hear from you about the tech that is and isn't working in your lives. Let's end by sharing something we've been eating lately. I want to share about the amazing restaurants I ate at with my brother while we were in Germany. He is very much a foodie and got us reservations at three different Michelin-starred restaurants. I have never had a dining experience like that before in my life where you go (laughs) and they were between eight and 10 courses. That's amazing. (laughs) It was so fun to do, especially with my brother, who loves food so much. And I feel like when you're with somebody who's really appreciating that experience, it makes it even more enjoyable. Mm, Totally. What have you been eating lately? So Kelsey of the Girl Next Door podcast shared this recipe on her Instagram, I think. 
It's from the website Mad About Food, and this is the Chicken Apple Sausage Sheet Pan Supper. And I haven't done that many sheet pan dinners, but they're Mm. so easy and good. And Mm so basically what you do is take a sausage and slice it up Mm -hmm. and then do sweet potato. And then the recipe called for Brussels sprouts, but I had broccoli already. And I was like, this is a brassica. We can make this work. Mm -hmm. So I did the sweet potato and the sausage together because I felt like they would take a little longer to cook. Mm -hmm. And then I did the broccoli separately. Because the oven was really high and I was worried that it would get too crispy. So you basically prep all the stuff cut up. And then this recipe had sort of like a dressing that you put over stuff that was like mustard and maple syrup, maybe some vinegar and olive Mm -hmm. oil. And so it kind of gave a cohesive flavor to all the things. And then you just roasted it for 40 minutes or something like that. And the broccoli I did for 10, but it was delicious. And I just made this for me and Andrew. Because I am practicing offering my kids things I know they'll eat and not being annoyed about it. And Andrew and I Mm -hmm. really liked it. (laughs) Love to hear it. That's all for this episode of Friendlier. It's been great talking with you, Sarah, and with all of you listeners. You can find out more about everything we talked about today, including what we're reading and eating, in the show notes in your podcast player. You can also find us on Instagram at Friendlier Podcast, or you can email us at friendlierpodcast.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, may your books be engaging, your food delicious, and your conversations friendly. And then Libby for audiobooks from the library. Did <laughs> you almost just... fall over? <laughs> No, I just, I just am switching positions and I just hit the lamp that's behind me with my head. Did but you scream? With my headphones. I said, wow. <laughs> <laughs>